Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. Why don't you turn with me this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'll be looking at verse 13, and uh, that is the conclusion of uh, what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. And while you're turning there, let me talk about prayer for just a second, because we are uh, starting uh, tomorrow, uh, the kickoff of uh, two weeks of prayer, that uh, we're just setting aside additional time as a a body and a congregation uh, to gather together here and to um, just seek God's face um, for the year ahead, for the work he's wanting to do in our own personal lives and uh, the work that he's wanting to do through us. And um, let me just kind of maybe set the stage for that because you might be wondering like just kind of exactly how are we going to do this, okay? Maybe you're, you're new to the church, you've not been a part of a week of prayer before and you're like, well, do we have to be here at certain times? Is it formatted? And uh, the simple answer to that is no, it's not. It, it's, it's come and go. So Monday through Friday, the sanctuary will be open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you just kind of come as your schedule allows. And you find a place and you pray. If you bring a friend and you want to pray together, that is fine and great. Uh, when you come into the sanctuary, um, out in the foyer, we ha- we'll have um, just a table set up with some scripture and some things that may guide guide times of prayer and uh, just give you some uh, direction in that regard. And and let me just throw this out there. Don't be surprised if you see some strange faces just because among um, prayer groups in the city, they've heard of what we're doing and they've kind of said, hey, would we be able to just come and join you? And we said, well, yeah, come and pray. You know, just know that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lead kind of a thing. So you just come find a place and pray, and uh, we trust that uh, it'll, it'll be beneficial and, and good for all who come. And as we uh, do that, I just want to make this point. You know, you might be saying to yourself, well, you know what, this is just kind of something that Rock Church does around the New Year time. <laughs> and, and that has kind of become a pattern that, uh, you know, around the New Year, we have these weeks of prayer, and this uh, go-around is a little bit later in the year than, than we are used to. But you know, I just want to, you know, make this, uh, this clear point. We are not doing this just out of tradition, <laughs> you know, because we're kind of in a rhythm and a schedule and it's just kind of what we do. But rather, um, we're doing it for a more specific reason than that. And, and I just kind of believe this is what is waiting for us over the next two weeks as we, we gather when we can here in this room. God's wanting to give us a gift, I believe. Because that's the way that I view these calls to prayer. They're not only times of prayer, but they're times of encounter. They're times of refreshing. And I say that I believe God wants to give us a gift because I believe those are the gifts that He gives His church and that He gives His people. So I'd I'd like us to uh, just kind of plant that into our hearts to maybe raise our expectation and to um, you know, stir us up a little bit and to, to give us faith in believing that as we pray together, God is going to hear from heaven 
and he's going to move in our lives. And I'm excited about that. Uh, I want to give you just a couple of scriptures before we get to Matthew 6 that um, I believe will kind of help define a little bit of uh, what I just talked about. And if this seems a little bit random or, you know, a little less prepackaged, you know, don't worry about it. That's okay. This is just kind of the way the Lord's been working uh, this weekend. And um, I'm going to give you just uh, a bunch of scripture to maybe take home and to, you know, kind of process before the Lord in your own time. But as we prepare for um, extended times of prayer together, I want you to be mindful of Isaiah 41.10. Feel this is in God's heart for us. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So as we come together, be reminded that God is our strength. He is the one who upholds us. And this is a promise that he has given us as his people. I want to remind you again of another verse, just a few verses down in Isaiah 41. It's Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. As we pray, God is our helper, and he affirms his presence, Isaiah says, by, by kind of like holding our hand. And that's, that's a close proximity, isn't it? <laughs> You know, I was at the mall the, uh, yesterday with my wife because we had uh, the joy of doing some birthday shopping. You like doing some birthday shopping? It's fun. Um, and we were doing it because our baby turns 16 tomorrow. Eee, how did that happen? You know, like the picture I have locked in my mind is Chris and I up here on the altar dedicating her to the Lord as a baby with Pastor Sprecher conducting that moment and the baby is turning 16 so we were doing some shopping and um, as we're kind of going from one place to the next you know Chris just reached out and grabbed my hand and I love that (laughs) and it just kind of framed that Isaiah verse for me that you know what there's just kind of some sometimes those those moments where we're we're doing what we need to be doing, and sometimes we're just focused on what the next task is, and then the Lord just kind of surprises us, and he reaches over and he grabs our hand. He says, I'm with you. He's near to us. And, and he proves that by helping us. And then the last one, Isaiah 43, 19, a journey through Isaiah here. Behold, I will do a new thing. Who's hungry for a new thing? Yeah, I am. I'm ready for God to to do what he wants to do in this hour. And he says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Have this picture of God in your mind as we follow him and as we call out to him in prayer. It's the phrase from a song that we sing, he's the way maker. He makes a way into the things that he is wanting to do not only in us, but through us. And there's an interesting picture here because he talks about roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <laughs> you know, what's a desert? It's a dry place, isn't it? 
I don't know if you've spent time in those dry, arid places, but you know what? There's kind of a, a, a different kind of weariness that comes in those places because you know, it just kind of pulls different things out of us due to the fact that it's a dry, desert, warm, and hot kind of place. The Lord says, you know what, there are new things that will spring forth in those moments. In fact, I'm going to bring rivers to you. He talks about making a road through the wilderness. I've heard so many of you say, you know what, I felt like I've been on a wilderness journey over the last year. And, um, and you know, the reality is, is we find ourselves in those places. That's called life on earth, isn't it? And in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to discover that, you know, even Jesus found himself in the wilderness, right? So we're not unique, we're not alone, but rather we are a part of an experience that many have shared, including Christ himself. He says, I will make a road. Here's the picture that brings to my mind. Have you ever seen a road built? It's a fascinating process. Uh, there are high things that get flattened. There are crooked things that get straightened. There are things that just flat out get moved out of the way. You know, that's oftentimes what the Lord does when we are in that dry, wilderness kind of place. And that work is okay because He does it for our good. He does it for our good. And behold, I'm going to do a new thing, God says. I'm just trusting that as we spend times in prayer over these next couple of weeks, we're going to see those good things emerge and rise up. And um, we're going to gain greater understanding in regards to what the Lord is wanting to accomplish. So let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 13 is where we're going to put our focus. And uh, we could title this, you know, uh, a prayer of... uh, or for protection, or a prayer for deliverance. We see here that Jesus is teaching us a model of prayer in regards to how to have these things uh, active in our lives, to have these to be a part of our experience as we follow him. And uh, I want to just have you look at the Lord's Prayer as I recite it to you, because Jesus did give it to us as a model. And I just kind of sensed a great opportunity here to affirm this and to, and to have it settle into our hearts because an observation that um, I have uh, here over the last six to seven years is that um, the Lord's Prayer is less known nowadays than it used to be. One of the things that has absolutely surprised me over the last several years in filling the lead role here is the number of funerals that I have done. I did not see that coming. I've done over 60. And oftentimes at the graveside or as a part of the service, we recite the Lord's Prayer as a source of encouragement and affirmation and hope and comfort. And I'm seeing more and more people who are unable to recite it. So I want to recite it together today just to bring it back to our remembrance and to have it settle into our hearts. So as I, as I read it, the words will be up on the screen and uh, you receive it and be encouraged by it. Because the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. 
And Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We're just focusing on the conclusion there. And the reason for that is Christ is inserting a kingdom reality into the prayer life of his disciples. And, and, and I think it's one that is distinct to um, God's people. And I think it was a revelation to them as they heard the words. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's been some confusion regarding that. I've, I've had people ask me over the years, is God the source of temptation? Like as he's giving us this model prayer and he's teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, pray, lead us not into temptation. Well, who's doing the leading? Well, it's not Jesus. Because the focus here is Christ as deliverer. Christ as the source of our protection. And if you want to know where temptation comes from, you can just look at uh, James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. We unpacked that in the 8 o'clock service. If you want a little bit of what we had to say about that, you can go back and watch that because we're not going to land there. But essentially, James says this. You know, God can't tempt because it's outside of his nature and his character. And I've actually had people say to me, well, if God were sovereign, couldn't he do whatever he wanted to do? And it kind of flows from this mindset that says, well, can God make a rock that's so big that he can't lift it, you know? Here's the reality. God is all-powerful, but he exercises his power in a consistent way with his character. And God would never lead you into temptation, but rather his heart and his desire is always to deliver you from it. James says that temptation doesn't come from God because God can't tempt us. He says it comes from desire. There's a desire that comes up that entices that captures our focus to the degree that it literally draws us away or pulls us away from the focus that God wants for our life. And then there is something that occurs. As that desire is embraced, as it is pursued, as it is exercised, the temptation turns into sin. Because it's not a sin to be tempted. Christ was sinless, but he was tempted. So, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil can be translated this way. Deliver us in the day of trial and deliver us from the evil one. Think about it this way. There is a deliverance reality that is to be a part of our daily walk. but you may need to think about deliverance in a little bit different way than you're used to. Because so often we think of deliverance in this way, like a power encounter, right? 
Jesus comes into a town. There's a man who has been uh, possessed by many evil spirits. He's been kicked out of town. He lives in a cave. He's bound up in chains. He screams. He yells. He's just, you know, really kind of this out-of-control guy. And then he sees Jesus. Jesus delivers him. The evil spirits are cast into the swine, and then they, they, they run and jump off the cliff into the water. We think of deliverances that way. As a, as a power encounter. And there are moments and there are times where that needs to happen. But then there is this daily deliverance that happens when the Lord is changing our thoughts. He's transforming our hearts. He's breaking patterns that we have adopted in our lives because of the homes that we lived in and the things that we've observed. And Jesus is saying this, in the day of trial, in the world where the evil one exists, when you pray, Pray for me to deliver because I have the power and because my kingdom overcomes and because I am with you. So I think that we've got to view deliverance in that way. The Lord wants to sanctify us, transform us, change us, and have us in a daily way moving into an identity that is His for us. So, you know, what, what, what does that process look like a little bit? And let, me, let me get to the part here that we are going to look at for this service because we, um, we need to affirm some realities in our lives. God is our deliverer. And he doesn't mislead us in the day of trial. And because of that, we can trust that he is working for our good. Let me give you a scripture for that. Deuteronomy 8.16. And in the booth, this is way down your slides because we're jumping around here. Deuteronomy 8.16 talks about the wilderness experience. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. You know, God's plan is for our good. He daily delivers us from things that um, distract us from that plan. And as we live out the journey that he has put before us, we can know this. He is working for our good. He will not mislead us. We see this in the life of Jesus. Because a part of the reason why I believe Jesus is kind of capping the model prayer with this statement is because he wants us to know that what he is teaching us to pray is possible. Protection and deliverance are his portion. And the trust that we have in the Lord working for our good comes because of what our Savior endured on our behalf. Jesus experienced trials and temptations. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Have you ever seen that little part before? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
to be tempted. It was for his good, but it was also for our good because it was from there that uh, just about a year later his ministry begins to unfold. And in Luke 4.14, this is what they said. It says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went through all the surrounding region. Christ overcoming temptation affirmed his authority. And as he began to to minister, he brought the gospel of the kingdom to people who, who knew conceptually what it was about, but had never seen it practically demonstrated before them. And because of that, word spread around the region of what Christ was doing. Led into the wilderness by the Spirit for his good and for our good. Are good in this sense. You can be assured that as you walk your journey and experience your trials, that we not only can be encouraged by Christ overcoming, but we can be encouraged by how He walks with us through those moments. Hebrews 4.15 talks about Jesus as the one who sympathizes with us. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. When you talk to Jesus, when you come to Him in prayer, when you do that you know, next week when you're able to be here and the week after and in other times in your own personal prayer closets and, 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 and you uh, begin to lay things down like we sung about today and we did today in the pew and at the altar, When you talk to Jesus that way, he says this, I know what you're talking about. He sympathizes with us. He will not mislead us or reject us. In fact, he invites us. He invites us to encounter him in that way. Let me give you one more verse. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. There's a posture of heart (laughs) that is being communicated to us through that verse. The writer of Hebrews is saying, come without reservation. Don't delay. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back, but come. And the word boldly means come without reservation. Why? Because you can. Christ is the sacrifice. You know, out in the foyer, you're not gonna you're not gonna have to buy a dove or a lamb and sacrifice it and go through this process that is cumbersome. But rather, there is a a freedom and an invitation that comes to us from our Lord that says, come as you are. I will meet you there without hesitation. And when I come alongside of you and I hold your hand and I help you, I can sympathize with your need because I endured and overcame. And I know what you're talking about. So because of that, the invitation... And the call to prayer is the one that just says, you know what, 
talk to him honestly. Honestly. Because it's not like he doesn't know. Have you ever thought about how, maybe this isn't the right word, there's probably a better word, but maybe how, how silly we appear to God sometimes. <laughs> like, God, I can't, I can't talk to you about that you know, because I want to I hide it from you. <laughs> when in reality, he's inviting you to give it to him. And the result is this. Hebrews says we receive mercy and grace. Where, where, where do we need mercy? We need mercy for the past. The wrongs that we have done. The things that uh, have been done to us perhaps. Those stumbling blocks that we are endeavoring to overcome. Those, those parts of old identity that need to be shed so that we can walk in the fullness of what Christ has done. When we bring those things to Him, He meets us in mercy. Give us what we deserve, but rather he looks to lift us up out of those places. But then grace is referred to because he's the God who gives us grace for the present and for the future. Grace right now as we come and a grace that we can rely on in the days to come. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain that we may receive that it may be given to us these things that are only found in God grace and mercy to help one final characteristic of God as our deliverer that I believe flows from his heart of grace and mercy that meets us at our place of need and one more scripture, I promise. I want you to know this morning and to affirm this fact. He is our deliverer because he provides a way of escape. We have any, any wrestlers, not like WWF, but like high school wrestlers in the room. Anybody here wrestle in high school? Al did. Anybody else? It's, 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 it's one of the not-so-popular sports anymore, right? I did, too, when I was younger. And, and, and here, here is kind of my observation. At practice, the coach coaches you up, tells you how to get strong, teaches you the maneuvers that you need to overcome uh, your uh, opponent. But when you're out on the mat, he's not with you. He's got to take a step back, and the coach, in essence, has got to say, you've got to take it from this point, and good luck. And then just like with every contest, sometimes it works out good, and sometimes it works out bad, right? That's not the way Jesus works in our life. His word gives us instruction. He strengthens us. He teaches us literally, the Word says, what the schemes and the strategies of the enemy are so that we can um, recognize them when they, are, uh, when they come against us and, and, and not be caught unaware. 
But when we're in the middle of the time when, when, when heads are locked and grappling takes place, Jesus does not step off the mat and say, well, you know what? I've done what I can do. Good luck. But the Scriptures say that He makes a way of escape. In other words, He makes, there's a clear path to victory that He will always give us when we're looking for it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Lord, teach us how to pray. The final instruction, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Kingdom reality. Christ's power. And when we are in Him, When we are in Him, we experience those things when the trials come and when the temptations entice us. God is with us. He has orchestrated things for our good. And He will lead us through. you stand with me as we close in prayer. <clears throat> so as Pastor Marty comes to play, I just kind of want us to kind of change um, our position a little bit. We go from listening to to now responding and, and, and hearing and talking. And let's, for just a moment, humble ourselves before the Lord. We do that by bowing our heads and humbling our hearts. And, 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 and the response is, is literally just this simple. Um, Lord, talk to me about whatever you want to. We look at just a little sliver of the Lord's Prayer and we focus on prayer that protects and overcomes. And whatever that needs to look like in your life, talk to Jesus about it for just a moment. For just a moment. Lord, speak to us, I pray. Lord, we don't want to hold on to anything that you've not called us to carry or to wrestle with. Pray that where there needs to be a way of escape, Lord, I, I just ask for 
a clear revelation of what the next steps are. And Lord, may our hearts be hungry to take those steps. Lord, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we just have to say sometimes it's, it's a difficult step to take, Lord. Maybe because of the burdens that we carry, the, the wounds that we have experienced. But Lord, today I just pray that we would have that moment where we not only humble ourselves in your presence, Lord, but we, we place our, ourselves back in your hand. We affirm you as our Lord. We, we choose trust, Lord. And as we do that, we hang on to your promises, Lord. You, you are not the one who misleads us, but you are the one who delivers us. You are not the one who is far away, but you, you are the one who is with us. Lord, you're not the one who has left us on our own, but rather you make a way. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, Lord. And I pray that as we leave here today, Lord, may we go in your grace and in your peace. I pray that you would watch over us and keep us. And I pray that you would return us home to this place again very soon and safely. We pray protection on the roads and Lord, as the forecast for the early part of the week looks like there's more, we just pray that you would uh, give us safety. And as we leave, may we, uh, may we leave encouraging one another. May we leave pondering, Lord God, the, the things that you have uh, planted within us. And we thank you, Lord, for this time that we've shared together. I pray your blessing on every, everyone who is here and all who are watching at home this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.